the gospel lesson for the morning, which is found in the first 14 verses of the 14th chapter of St. Luke. One Sabbath, Jesus went to eat a meal at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and people were watching Jesus closely. A man whose legs and arms were swollen came to Jesus, and Jesus spoke up and asked the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, Does our law allow healing on the Sabbath or not? But they wouldn't say a thing. Jesus took the man, healed him, and sent him away. And then he said to them, If any one of you had a son or an ox that happened to fall in a well on a Sabbath, would you not pull him out at once on the Sabbath itself? But they were not able to answer him about this. Jesus noticed how some of the guests were choosing the best places, so he told this parable to all of them. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place. It could happen. More important than you has been invited, and your host, who invited both of you, would have to come and say to you, let him have this place. Then you would be embarrassed and have to sit in the lowest place. Instead, when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that your host will come to you and say, come on up, my friend, to a better place. This will bring you honor in the presence of all the other guests. For everyone who makes himself great will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be made great. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and in this way you will be paid for what you did. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they are not able to pay you back. God will repay you on the day the good people rise from death. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We're going to be beginning today a five-part series. Uh, This is a kind of a follow-on to something that you all did last year, uh, a series that you did, uh, I think it was also over five weeks, called uh, Giving Generously. This year's series is called Loving generously. Each Sunday morning, there will be uh, a brief video, um, and uh, following that, there will be uh, a meditation uh, surrounding the video or the theme from that video. And then you'll have opportunity to uh, join and participate in small groups, uh, Sunday school classes, and other places uh, to uh, talk about what you saw. Uh, and uh, the whole purpose of this program is to help you think, uh, to stretch you, stretch me, stretch all of us uh, a little bit in our thinking. Some of the uh, episodes, uh, at least some parts of those episodes, might be a little provocative. Uh, they uh, may be a little, uh, push the envelope a little farther than many of us have uh, ever been. Uh, so we ask you to uh, view these videos with open minds, uh, and uh, of course we uh, I encourage you to think about it. Uh, that's the whole whole purpose of all this. So at this point, we're going to look at the first video, uh, and then uh, I will uh, have a brief meditation.
think, Frank? Honey, it looks great. Don't worry. Everything's going to be great. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? He's done a really great job. I'm impressed. Did you expect anything else? Well, look here. Pansy, honey. Oh, nice. Frank, Cassie. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Welcome to Seed Time Garden Supplies, partners. <laughs> Come here. Oh. Closer to the side, closer to God. Ray looks amazing. <laughs> it really does. We were going to bring a grand opening gift, but my go-to is usually a plant. <laughs> Dolores, I wanted to meet Frank and Cassie Donovan. They made this whole thing happen. Oh, we helped a little bit. Ray's the one with the green thumb. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. Well, actually, I think we met some time ago down at the soup kitchen. That's right. You haven't been there in a while. Well, I haven't had the need lately. <laughs> Thanks to Ray here. You know, you should come out to the banquet tonight. You could be Ray's plus one. Oh, she wouldn't want to sit through some old stuffy banquet with a bunch of rich folk. I can decide if I want to go to some stuffy banquet myself. Thank you very much. It's not stuffy. What? <clears throat> okay, so it's a little stuffy. But what do you expect? It's for the soup kitchen donors. You've got a better idea. You do, don't you? <laughs> he also said to the man who invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't just invite your friends and relatives and rich neighbors, the kind of people who can return the favor. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you'll be blessed because they can't repay you. It does kind of make sense to invite the people the benefit benefits, right? So basically, it's like a metal detector, but only it finds plastic. You know what I'm saying? But what would you find with it? What do you mean, plastic? I met Frank almost、uh, four years ago at, at the kitchen.、Yeah. Excuse me, I have some people for you to meet. This is Thomas and his fiancee Julia. We've enjoyed getting to know them at the kitchen. It's great to meet you, Thomas. Yeah, you too. Oh, I'm sort of the official handshaker for us. <laughs> I am so、oh, sorry. It's okay. I saved tons of money on hand sanitizer. A pair of pants. Cassie. May I speak with you for a moment, please? Oh, Victoria, I'd like to. I'm sorry, dear.、Um, I'm afraid I won't be able to stay for dinner, but you can put me down for my usual donation. Oh, thank you. But I'm sorry that you have to leave so soon. I'm not exactly sure why things were changed this year, but you should probably know that a few people feel a little ambushed by how this was done. Ambushed. I just thought you'd want to know. Aren't you staying for dinner? Not for me. I'm sorry to hear that. Did we do something to upset you? I don't see no name card says Chuck.
Well, that's a good point, Chuck. But I don't see a card here with anyone else's name on it here, do you? No, sir, I suppose I don't. Chuck, from the looks of it, we are going to have plenty of food to go around. So, would you please join me for dinner? Frank, Cassie, thank you. It was a great evening. Y'all take care. Hey, take care. Drive safe. What a lovely evening. Yeah. <laughs> Something wrong, Frank? I was just thinking about the people who left earlier tonight. But hey, more food for us, right? <laughs> you know, some people only want to sit at tables when every seat is reserved for people like themselves. But you want real community. You got to rip up name cards and prepare to get your hands dirty. I know a thing or two about getting my hands dirty. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why we hated to lose Ray as a gardener. Oh, yeah. Uh, Julia? Is something wrong, dear? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> Say what's on your mind. You're among friends here. It's just I haven't been a part of many meaningful relationships lately. Except Thomas, of course. <laughs> Thomas is about the only healthy thing in my life. It's okay, sweetheart. Julia lost her apartment today. Oh. It's a long story. But we're trying to figure out how to deal with some people who think that they get to decide what table Julia sits at. Oh. I know that there's a lot there that won't be solved right now, but Frank and I might be able to help out in some small way. We have a guest house that we would love for you to use for as long as you need it. Uh, no, I, I couldn't. No, uh, uh, thank you, Mrs. Donovan, um, but... No, hold on, Thomas. I know you can't see my wife right now, but if you could, you'd know not to mess with her. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, we insist. I, I, I don't know what to say. Say thank you, dear. Uh, <laughs> of course. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's settled then. This was nice, Ray. Yeah. Especially knowing God will repay you. So I don't have to. <laughs> As you can uh, see from the video, uh, we have kind of a modern context for uh, the story that Jesus told, the, the parable. And uh, it's sometimes easy for us in our more modern world to kind of look back at, at Jesus' day, that time in history, and, and uh, sometimes take Jesus' 
uh, teachings, I don't want to say for granted, but they seem so far away uh, sometimes, and they may not feel like they relate directly to us, but they do. It's the remarkable thing about uh, our Holy Scriptures from beginning to end. They are timeless. And we place ourselves and find ourselves in situations very similar to the to the life because we're dealing with human beings. Human beings, that our natures have not changed much in all these many years. Oh, we, we dress differently and we, we get to experience things. In fact, we, uh, as modern folk, uh, you know, have and do things in our lives that nobody in Jesus' day could ever possibly imagine. But the challenge to the host in the gospel lesson is the same challenge that was presented in this video. Um, the, the challenge was that the host should not invite those who could serve his needs, but rather those whose needs he could serve. That was Jesus' message to his followers. Now, that's not the message that our society teaches, is it? We are told that we need to build our relational capital by amassing contacts and connections so that we can leverage our own power, our own wealth, our own esteem. In this banquet scene that we just saw, there are all manner of pretty well-off people. After all, the Donovans have not only a really nice home, but they've got a nice guest home right behind it. I don't know how many of us here have two homes on the same lot. Uh, so, But that's not the point of the story this morning. The, the point is that they have these wealthy friends who ordinarily, you know, it's a good thing for them to have a banquet in order to raise money to give it to the soup kitchen. What's the problem? The problem is that they don't want to have any social relationship. They don't want to have any human contact with. They don't want to hobnob, if you will. They don't want to rub shoulders with those those people. And there's no sense going to a banquet if it's not going to do you any good. You know? If I'm not going to make some connections, if I'm not going to feel good about myself, if I'm not going to uh, somehow be more important, I'll just give my money and go back home. Well, we all want to be recognized. We want to be appreciated. There was a banker uh, who... Uh, lived in a farming community, and many of his customers were farmers. And one day he was visiting one of those those farmers, and off in the distance uh, there was a, a figure in the farmyard, and the banker says to the farmer, he says, oh, I suppose that's your hired man. And the farmer says, oh, no, 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 oh, no. No, that's the first vice president in charge of cows. <laughs> well, we all want to be, you know, we all, you know, if a, if a title makes you feel good, a nice title, that's a wonderful that's a wonderful thing. And uh, nothing wrong with that. That's human nature. Alex Haley, the author of Roots, served in the Coast Guard during World War II. Again, a, a different era. There are some folks here uh, who served in World War II. Uh, and you know full well that uh, the Army was segregated. The Navy was segregated uh, by and large. Alex Haley, the author of Roots, served in the Coast Guard during that era. Because of his race, Haley's jobs were limited to the kitchen. One job was serving coffee to the captain, who usually was too busy even to pay any attention to him at all and hardly ever said a word to him, just on those rare occasions. 
But one day, usually the, the, the captain is just sitting there reading his, his magazines and newspapers, but one day as uh, Alec came in with the captain's uh, coffee, he, he kind of looked up and he said, you know, I, I've been reading a, a, this fascinating ar- article, it's wonderful, and the author's name is the same as yours, Alex Haley. And Alex says, uh, I am the Alex Haley who wrote that article. After that, the captain made much fewer calls for coffee and many more calls for conversation. The stereotypes that we carry around with us, the, the notions that uh, because of someone's position or rank, uh, leads us oftentimes uh, in our social lives to places where you know we, we might miss out on something wonderful. And here by happenstance, the captain finally discovered that he was in the presence of genius, even though he was a man of low rank and of a different race. The need to feel important and to want to be important is universal. You know, high-ranking men in the Suka tribe in Ethiopia wear bracelets on both wrists that are so tight that they all but stop the flow of blood into their hands. Over time, the hands of these rich men become shrunken and withered and virtually useless. They're so atrophied. But in their society, then somebody else will take care of them. That's the whole point. They're so rich, so well off, in such high, held in such high regard that now, because they can't use their hands, they don't need their hands. Somebody's looking after them. I think that's pretty yucky, and probably you do too, but that's the way they establish that kind of pecking order. Those are the most important people in that society. Their rules are established in a different way, but the result is the same. There was an article in a magazine recently about a young man who said he never felt successful until he went out and bought himself a $1,000 suit. He said he felt a bolt of self-confidence whenever he put that suit on. It made him feel adequate to get ahead, made him feel important, made him feel like he really was somebody. He swore that there was something magical about that $1,000 price tag. In his own eyes, this man, like the tribesmen in Suka, became one of the beautiful people in his own eyes. In our eyes, it seems only that they're rather gullible, but not alone. Jesus was in the home of a prominent official. He noticed that all who came to the dinner were trying to sit near the head of the table so people would recognize that they were important. Jesus gave them some advice. If you're invited to a wedding, don't don't sit at the best seat. Somebody more important might come in, and then you're going to be embarrassed when the host comes along and says, Look, sorry, sir, you, you're, uh, you can't sit here. You've got to go find someplace else to sit, and by then there's nothing left but the worst seat in the house. So it's all right, Jesus says, perhaps, to want to be one of the beautiful people. It's perfectly natural to want to sit in the honored seat. However, he says, most of us follow the wrong strategy. We puff ourselves up and we think that makes us more beautiful, that makes us more important, but really we couldn't be more wrong. For there really is nothing more beautiful than genuine humility, nothing more attractive than a genuine warm smile, nothing more wonderful than, oh, than uh, more winning than a sense of confidence that wherever our seat is, That's a perfectly fine 
place to be. However, says Jesus, if you really want to become one of the beautiful people, if you really want to be one of those VIPs, there is one more thing you can do. So Jesus turned to his host and he said, when you put on a dinner, don't invite just your friends and your brothers and your relatives and your rich neighbors, for they're going to invite you back and you will be repaid. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the godly, God will reward you for inviting those who can't repay you. I, uh, by happenstance, was reading... Uh, an article in AARP. Uh, now, before I go any farther, I know that you think I'm way too young to be reading anything from AARP. But it was there, and, you know, so I picked it up and I read it. But I thought, you know, this this kind of fits with what I want to say. Uh, I'm going to close with this. On, in, on Christmas Eve of 2002, uh, uh, Christian Basney uh, writes, she said it was, had been a very, very tough year said, a customer came into the small country store in Michigan where I worked and bought a lottery ticket. He scratched it and told me he thought it was a winner. I was so excited when the lottery machine, and one more caveat, we're not uh, promoting lottery tickets here in the United Methodist Church. All right? So when you leave this place today, it's okay to share the story, but not that the preacher said anything about going out and buying a lottery ticket yourselves. All right? That's just, that, get that disclaimer out there. Well, the machine confirmed that uh, the man was a $100 winner. And so he said to me, the clerk, she writes, uh, do you happen to have two $50 bills in the cash register? And she said, well, we almost never do, but lo and behold, on this day, we did. And so I gave him the two $50 bills, and he handed one $50 bill back to me, And he gave the other $50 bill to the other clerk in the store. He wished us us both a Merry Christmas and went on his way. Continues the author, Today I'm a registered nurse in Michigan. Earlier this year, at the beginning of the first of three 12-hour shifts, I walked into a patient's room to introduce myself. As soon as I saw him, my eyes welled with tears. The patient was the lottery man. He even remembered me. I told him how that Christmas 12 years ago had been the roughest ever for me. And that $50 went a long way. I was deeply honored to be caring for him when he now needed someone. A lot has happened, she writes, since that night 12 years ago, but I never forgot how kind total strangers can be. And I have tried my hardest to be as kind as the lottery man. Boiled all down to a nutshell. All Jesus is saying is that we should care about everyone. And we should not care only for those people who can help us in return. We care and love people because they are our fellow brothers and sisters. We love people and we care for people and we do what we do, no matter their social class No matter their political affiliations, we just love them simply because they are people. And we give and we do and we help and we say thank you to everybody for every little thing they do for us. We live our lives the way Jesus intends us to live. And we are on the right track. And that's how we become real VIPs.
Amen.